Coming up, a pair of the Western Conference's star teams met in L.A. last night, and plenty of other teams found ways to win while losing plenty of players to the COVID protocols. You're listening to Locked On Now. The biggest games, the best performances, expert analysis. You are Locked On Now. Thanks for tuning in to Locked On Now MBA. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Coming up, we've got our Locked On MBA hosts in to help us recap everything that you may have missed from last night on the hardwood. Let's start things out in Los Angeles, where the Phoenix Suns and Los Angeles Lakers provided some fireworks, but did not provide a very good basketball game as Phoenix blew things out at the end. Let's get to it right now. It's our biggest game. The biggest game. Uh, as I said before, the Suns took care of the Lakers pretty easily last night. But as our Locked On Suns host will tell you, while Phoenix played well, it was really just taking advantage of the LA mistakes that led to the big margin at the end. Just when it felt like this Suns Lakers rivalry was getting fun again, LA has not had an answer. For the Phoenix Suns, an 18-point win tonight in LA, 108 to 90. Brendan Clean here with Locked On Suns, coming to you after that win, and not a lot went right for the Lakers. Taylor Horton Tucker was not very good, and no one else really was aside from LeBron James. And what the Suns do is they take advantage of that. You cannot go small against this Suns team anymore. You cannot make mistakes against this Suns team. The Lakers did a lot of both. Phoenix was able to execute, out-execute, take a lead by the half, and and then in that fourth, third and fourth quarter, really mechanically, just uh, little by little, until there was nothing left, and the Lakers were looking at a double-digit loss. So the Suns are 25-5, and five, speeding toward a fight for the one seed. For more on this team, listen to Locked on Suns wherever you get your podcasts. Well, the Los Angeles Lakers have an excuse for losing by so much to the Phoenix Suns. L.A. had been without some key players in the rotation in that matchup. But as I'm sure you're well aware, LeBron James is not one to make excuses for his team. Neither is Locked On Lakers, who explains how, while this is a frustrating situation, it's been one that's been going on all season, not just since COVID has started to take over the league again. This is Brian Kamenetsky, host of Locked on Lakers. The Lakers lose on Tuesday night to the Phoenix Suns, 108-90, to the final score. A two-point game at halftime, and that was due at least in part to some very, very poor shooting from the Suns over the first two quarters. Uh, it was an object lesson, really, in the value of health and continuity. The Lakers haven't been whole or healthy all season. Phoenix has been as healthy as really as any team in the NBA. Uh, and add to that, the Suns have just been flat-out better than the Lakers and it's really not even close um, and the final score really isn't that much of a surprise LeBron puts up 34 points but to see him put out that kind of effort in a game the Lakers really let get away um, and weren't weren't super competitive in the second half uh, it's going to be a little disappointing for Lakers fans and definitely a little bit worrisome much more to come on tonight's Locked on Lakers, but again, the Lakers lose on Tuesday to the Suns at Staples. One of the last times we'll be able to say at Staples. 
Tuesday's best performance comes out of Miami and the Heat, who without Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo still made easy work of the Indiana Pacers. I'll let Locked On Heat tell you more. The best performance. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Wes Goldberg here from FTX Arena, where the Heat beat the Pacers 125-96, to despite missing Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and others. And with P.J. Tucker out, they go with Max Struess at power forward, which pretty much reflected uh, the Heat strategy tonight. Miami's strategy was to basically shoot the Pacers off the floor, and it worked. They took 20, 49 threes, made a franchise-tying record, 22 of them. Five of their first shots were three-pointers. Nine of their first ten were three-pointers, so it happened early. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, uh, big reasons for that both of them scoring 26 points in the game uh they made 11 combined three-pointers in the game and despite missing most of their starters uh the ftx arena crowd was as loud as it's ever been they love the long ball and the heat they they found a way to win this game against a relatively healthy pacers team in a game that they probably shouldn't have had any business winning so for more on tonight's game Check out Locked On Heat wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Losing by nearly 30 to a much depleted Heat team is not what Indiana had in mind on its trip to Miami. And Locked On Pacers says that as a result of all those factors, this is the worst loss of the season yet for a Pacers team that has hit a struggling stretch. Definitely the worst performance of the season for the Indiana Pacers against the Miami Heat in Miami just terrible. 125-96 to Heat when the Heat tie their own franchise record making 22 three-pointers. They grabbed 15 offensive rebounds. They out-efforted the Pacers in every way. They ran a zone defense that the Pacers could not solve at all. Three different Pacers starters shooting below 40%. No one except for Chris Duarte played particularly well for the Pacers in this game. They looked horrible. They had a big gap off in between games last Thursday to today looked like a game that they could have a big rest advantage and beat the Heat, but they they looked completely horrible. It was one of their worst performances, if not their worst of the season. They shot under 40% on two-pointers, shot horrible right around the rim, could not get anything going against the Heat zone. Probably their flattest performance of the season. They had no point guard play without TJ McConnell and Malcolm Brogdon was out for most of the game, so they'll need to pick up some ball handling stuff. We'll break that all down and more on tomorrow's Locked On Pacers podcast. The New York Knicks picked up a win on Tuesday night at home, now given it was against the Detroit Pistons, who hold the worst record in the NBA right now. But Locked On Knicks is fast to point out that a win's still a win, and there was still plenty of encouraging things to take away from this victory. Hey everyone, Alex Wolf from Locked On Knicks here, and don't tell me it was against the worst team in the league. I know it, everybody knows it. But the Knicks did win 105-91 to over the Detroit Pistons tonight. And they did it behind some performances from some guys that they previously were hoping for big things from but have been sort of, you know, not giving them consistently big performances so far this season. Mitchell Robinson, 17 points, 14 rebounds, 3 blocks and a steal, shooting 8-9 and nine from the field in just 25 minutes. I mean, he looked like his vintage self, a plus 24 out there on the floor. Absolute insanity how good he looked. Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, both over 20 points. Fournier with 22, Kemba Walker with 21, and both of them looking more like the players that the Knicks had signed them to be than they had previously, especially Kemba, whose play had led to him getting benched. 
Julius Randle even coming through with a double-double, 21 and 11 himself for this team. So, you know, it's it's not to say that this is something that should be super celebrated because it was against a bad team, but maybe playing against a bad team and having that opportunity to gel together could be beneficial for the Knicks, especially once they get all their players back from the COVID reserve list. The unfortunate silver lining of a bunch of guys getting COVID on the team could be that some of these guys that were previously in the doghouse, like Kemba, like Fournier, seem to be headed towards, have had an opportunity to now play big minutes, work out the kinks in their game, and maybe find a spot in the rotation for themselves. So we'll see how things go. But we'll be talking about it plenty on Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Coming up, we'll wrap up our look around a light night of games in the NBA. You're listening in to Locked on Now. It's the holiday season, you want those sweet treats, but you don't want to be feeling guilty after the holidays are all done with, right? So I've got a solution, Built Bar. It's the place to go for all of your protein needs, of course, you know that, but well, there's all sorts of products that can get you that great nutrition value. Not everyone brings you the great taste of Built Bar. Built Bar has 100% dark chocolate in every one of its bars, along with less than 200 calories in most bars. I mean, less than 150 in a lot of them, too. While we're talking less than 5 grams of net carbs and sugars, we're getting everything that you need and nothing that you don't packed into that bar in something that, again, tastes really good. This stuff doesn't look like a protein bar. It looks like a candy bar. It tastes like a candy bar. I I tried their key lime pie one just because I'm not a big chocolate guy. A lot of their bars have chocolate. Their key lime pie new bar does not. By the way, new flavors come out all the time. If you are like me and a little bit pickier, it's outstanding. You've got to try these people out. Built Bar again. Built.com is the site to go to. Use our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back into Locked On Now. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Thanks for making Locked On Now your first listen every weekday, Monday through Friday. Let's continue to look around the games from last night with the help of our Locked On NBA hosts in our look around the league. Let's go around the league. The New Orleans Pelicans have been on a bit of a hot streak as of late. Early in the season, it looked like New Orleans may end up at the bottom of the barrel in the NBA. But now the Pelicans have won three in a row. And after some good fortune as of late, find themselves back in at least the playoff conversation picture. Uh, I'll let Locked On Pelicans explain more about that, as well as everything you need to know from last night's win against the Trailblazers. Pelicans beat the Blazers 111-97 in New Orleans is on a three-game winning streak. I'm Jake Madison, host of Locked On Pelicans and Locked On NBA. And after a terrible start to the year, the Pelicans are now up to 11 wins and in the hunt for the play-in tournament. Yet a big game from Nikhil Alexander-Walker off the bench in this one, going for 27 points and knocking down six threes. He's a guy that they had hoped would take a big leap this year, and he hasn't so far. But maybe this will be a turning point for him, and you're going to see him get plenty of minutes going forward and in this win and this winning streak even without Zion Williamson you see a solid core of this team 
Brandon Ingram is playing like an all-star, averaging 25 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists over his last 12 games. Jonas Valanciunas is capable of carrying the offense as well. And Josh Hart is that hustle guy that every team would like to have. And with an easy schedule to end 2021, there's reasons for optimism around the Pelicans right now. So, can this team get into the playoffs? Who are their targets at the trade deadline? And of course, what is going on with Zion Williamson? I'll be covering all over at the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Finally, the Dallas Mavericks won at home without Luka Doncic. Definitely a confidence booster for a team that's been struggling without their superstar. They also cut off a Minnesota Timberwolves win streak and Locked On Mavericks tells you more on how it got done. Three, two, it's about drive. It's about power. They stay hungry. They devour the Dallas Mavericks without Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, Maxi Kleba, a ton of guys out for the Dallas Mavericks due to COVID and injuries and all kinds of stuff. Took it to the Minnesota Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, and crew, and got the win. The story of the game, Luka, Luka Doncic out of this game. Jalen Brunson stepping into his shoes. 28 points, 6 assists for him. An incredible game for Jalen Brunson. He came up big when the Dallas Mavericks absolutely needed him to. And then... The new guys literally signed yesterday and then today. Theo Pinson and Marquise Chris came in. Theo Pinson had a had pretty good impact in the game early on. Seven points, four boards, three assists, four steals for Theo Pinson. He had some played uh, good ball movement for the Dallas Mavericks as well. Marquise Chris put in the game late by Jason Kidd, late in the fourth quarter. And to close out the game, Marquise Chris guarding Carl Anthony Towns paid off really well for the Dallas Mavericks. Fascinating game with those two guys newly added to the team. We'll talk about it and break it all down on tonight's Lockdown Mavs. As I had mentioned before, Minnesota had a four-game winning streak going into this matchup with Dallas, but the Timberwolves weren't able to beat a team that didn't have Luka Doncic. However, Lockdown Wolves explains that Minnesota was far from at full strength too, and this game wasn't exactly as terrible as it may look on paper. I'll let him explain more. Ben Beacon with Lockdown Wolves here. The Minnesota Timberwolves four-game winning streak came to an end on Tuesday in Dallas at the hands of the Mavericks. The Wolves lost by 12. Both teams were shorthanded. Each team was essentially missing five rotation players. Of course, the Mavs, no Luka Doncic. The Timberwolves, no Anthony Edwards, as well as no Patrick Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt. And the no Beverly, no Vanderbilt thing was extremely and painfully obvious as the Wolves gave up 114 points to the Mavs. The Mavs shot 49% from the field and uh, got to the free throw line 23 times in this game, shooting 83% there. And uh, the Wolves just simply were not able to make up any sort of the deficit, uh, you know, how bad they were defensively. They weren't able to make threes at high enough clip themselves. No Jared Vanderbilt essentially meant no second chance points for the Timberwolves. They didn't get out in transition. They weren't able to turn the Mavs over. The Mavs commit the least turnovers in the league. The Wolves turn teams over the most in the league. They they force a lot of turnovers. They weren't able to do that in this game. Just 10 Mavericks turnovers. And uh, the Timberwolves wasted a really good Carl Anthony Towns game. 26, 14, and 7 from Cat. And uh, it was really, really good throughout. But unfortunately, nobody else except for really Malik Beasley came to the party for Minnesota. We're going to talk all about it on the postgame podcast here tonight make sure you subscribe to the locked on wolves show for all things timberwolves that's all for today's episode of locked on now mba thanks for making the show your first listen every weekday monday through friday now that you're done here make your second listen locked on nba and your team's local locked on podcast i'm nate dickinson this has been locked on now